Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. Well, I'm going to throw some names at you. John Roberts, Clarence Thomas, Stephen Beyer, Samuel Alito, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. You probably recognize those names. Uh, Those are the current justices of the United States Supreme Court. They are the, the men and women serving the highest court of the country. Nine judges appointed by the president, confirmed by the Senate, and holding office for life. They are given the collective responsibility and the authority to uphold the Constitution of the United States in matters of law and practice. When we think of a judge, that's what we picture. Someone in a black robe, sitting on a raised pedestal, declaring a judgment. The seventh book of the Old Testament is the book of Judges. And it's called that because at that time in history, the people of God were being led by people who were called judges. And the word that is used, the Hebrew word that is used for judges, that Hebrew word is a word that means to exercise authority, to have or to exercise authority. If you remember the history of God's people, Moses had led the Hebrews out of Egypt. Joshua had led them into the promised land. And now there's this new generation that that has raised up and they're struggling to stay faithful to God. So we'll read starting in Judges chapter 2, Judges chapter 2, verse 10 through 14. Here's what it says. It says, after that, the whole genera- after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, in other words, after they passed, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him, served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. And in in his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist." Verse 16 says, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Verse 18 through 19 says, Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord relented because of their groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil actions in stubborn ways. So the people kept turning away from God. They kept giving into sin, turning away from God, and therefore God would allow punishment to come over them. 
God would allow some form of punishment to come over them. Foreign enemies would invade and overtake them, and they would suffer these great hardships underneath that oppression. But then, whenever they repented, whenever they repented and turned back to God, God would raise up a judge who would lead them and would save them from the enemy. The book of Judges, this seventh book of the Old Testament, the book of Judges, tells us the history of 12 of these leaders, 12 of these judges. And one of them was a woman named Deborah. Have you ever felt like the odds were against you? Have you ever felt like things were just not right and there was nothing you could do about it? Have you ever needed, to, needed the faith to trust that God's will would be done? Have you ever needed the courage to do what God was calling you to do? Have you ever needed the courage to obey God in a very hard situation? Well, the story of Deborah speaks to those feelings. We learn about her in Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5. So we'll start reading in Judges 4, verse 1 through 5. Judges 4, verse 1 through 5 says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now that Ehud was dead, so the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Herosheth Hegoim, because he had 900 chariots filled with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. They cried out to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Of all of the 12 judges in this book of Judges, Deborah is possibly the most fascinating one to consider. She's the only female judge. And she's the only one who was both a prophet and a judge. She was both. She was a prophet and she was a judge. Verse 4 says that she's the wife of Lapidoth. But that translation is actually kind of murky. It's not a very clear translation. It could also mean that she was a woman of torches. So maybe she was married. Maybe not. We don't know for sure. In chapter 5, verse 7... She refers to herself as a mother, but it's a poem, and it's a song about how she delivered Israel from danger. So maybe she was using that image of a mother figuratively, because it was a song, it was a poem. We don't know for sure if she was married, and we don't know whether or not for sure she had children. But what we do know, we do know that she was a prophet, which meant that she spoke from, for God. She heard from God and spoke for God. We also know that she was a judge, which means that she was called to lead the people of God. The Bible tells us that she held court under a palm tree in the hill country. And holding court is possibly too formal of an interpretation. But nevertheless, nevertheless she, was, she was there settling disputes and making decisions for the people of God. And one day, she sends for a man named Barak. 
We pick it up in Judges 4, verse 6 through 10. She sent for Barak, son of Abonam, Kedesh, and Nephtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulon and lead them to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go, but if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I'll go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you're taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulon and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Deborah had a message from God, and it was a call to battle. God was ready to save his people and rescue them. Deborah had the battle plan. She gave the battle plan. She tells Barak to take 10,000 men and lead them to Mount Tabor. She says, God will move. God will then move the general of the Canaanite army, a man named Sisera. She'll, God will move him to the river valley. And it's at that place where you will be able to overtake him. This is where you could win the victory. And Barak says he will go only if she goes. It's very interesting to think of. I was telling Leanne that I was preaching on this story of Deborah. And I wish she'd do it, but I know she won't do it. She kind of mocked Barak in him saying, you know, I'm only going to go if you go. And the tone that she used was perfect. And I just said, can you say that Sunday morning? Can you just quote that Sunday morning? And I knew she wouldn't, but it was good. It was perfect tone. Can you imagine this guy? I'm only going to go if you go. And why? It's curious to consider why. Why did he want her to go with him? Maybe he wanted her there because her faith was strong. And maybe she could continue to encourage him and remind him that God was leading this. So maybe she wanted him to go for that reason, because her faith was strong and he could, she could keep encouraging him that God was leading this. Maybe she was a strength he needed because he had his own doubts and fears. I'm not too sure of this, but if you're saying, well, I guess you come along then. Maybe he wanted her there because these were her orders. She was the one issuing this order. And if she went along, her presence kind of gave authority to their mission. We don't know. It's a curious thing. Whatever the reason, though, Deborah says, okay, I will certainly go. But, she says, she tells him that because he has required this, because he has put a condition on this, he will not get the honor of the victory. She tells him that the general of the other army will be taken by a woman. And even though Deborah was prophet, and even though she was judge leading the nation, there was still this shame that was felt when a woman proved herself over a man. And Deborah tells him, that's the shame and the dishonor you're going to feel, because you've put this condition upon this. But there's still going to be a victory. There's still going to be a victory. So Barak and Deborah lead them lead the army to Mount Tabor. Now, if you're a Star Wars fan, 
If you're a Star Wars fan, you remember the big lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. You remember that big battle turning point in the movie when Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader? You know, it's pivotal. You've got to know this. If you're a Star Wars fan, you've got to know this. In the battle, there's a moment where Obi-Wan says to Anakin, he says, it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Well, God led Barak and his troops to the high ground. And then when Sisera was down in the valley below, the attack began. Judges 4, verse 14 through 16 tells us, it says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Herosheth, Hegoam, and all of Sisera's troops fell by the sword. Not a man was left. The battle was a success. The battle plan was a success. They overwhelmed the enemy as they rushed down from the mountain into the valley below. Judges chapter 5, remember, also tells of this event. Judges chapter 5 retells this story. It's a poem, it's a song that's written by Deborah, and it gives us even more details. In Judges chapter 5 verse 4, it says that the earth shook And the heavens poured, and the clouds poured down water. In Judges 5.21, it says that the river swept the enemy away. This wasn't just a good battle strategy, attacking from the high ground. It wasn't just a good battle strategy. God was leading this victory. The 900 chariots, remember it said that he had 900 chariots of iron. Well, Chariots of iron don't do well in soggy, mud-filled ground. And so the chariots couldn't maneuver, and they got stuck in the mud that was caused by the rain and the overflowing river. And this Canaanite army is defeated. But their general, it says that he escapes. He gets out of there. He escapes on foot. In Judges 4, verse 17 through 24, it says, Sisera, that's the general, Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazer, and the family of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera, and she said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened up a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I'll show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they destroyed him. What a story! I mean, the general ran, 
And a woman named Jael offered to hide him in her home. She gave him milk, and then she gave him covers to lay down under. And then when he had drifted off asleep, she takes a tent peg and she drives it through his skull into the ground. Now, these nomadic tribes, they would set up tents, and usually it was the women's job to do that. She knew how to pound a tent peg into the ground. And she used it here for a different purpose. It was a bold deception and a brutal action. Now, her people, the people that she was with, they had tried to avoid aligning themselves with either the Canaanites or with the Israelites. They tried to stay neutral, tried to stay in the middle ground. They didn't want to align with the Canaanites. They didn't want to align with the Israelites. So why did she do this? Well, apparently, she was choosing a side. She was making it very clear what side she was choosing. And Deborah's prophecy, remember what she said, because, Barak, you're putting this condition... The victory and the honor is not going to be yours. It's going to, he's going to be taken by a woman. And the prophecy came to be true. A victory in that culture was never considered complete until the leader was killed or captured. The death of Sisera gave Israel the victory. And we need to understand that this was not just a battle for freedom, a battle for land. This was a battle against the oppression of an evil culture. This was God rescuing his people and simultaneously at the same time giving justice over an evil culture, over an evil nation. Once again, remember, Judges chapter 4 tells the history of this battle. Judges chapter 5 is the song that Deborah sang about this battle. And the last verse of that song goes like this in Judges 5.31. It says, So may all of your enemies perish, Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in strength. Does it sound harsh to wish that your enemies would all perish? Does it sound Harsh and violent to be rescued by a woman driving a tent peg through the skull of the enemy. We need to remember something. We need to remember how evil the Canaanite culture was. This was a culture that was depraved, demonic, and proud of their evil actions. There's historical records that when a new house was built a child would be sacrificed and the body built into the wall of the house in order to bring good luck to the home. Firstborn children were sacrificed to the god called Molech. He was a statue, a bronze statue that was hollow and a fire was built inside and parents would lay their babies into the hands of this idol, red hot hands from the fire and the baby would roll down into the fire of this idol. And... If parents showed any sorrow or grief during this ceremony, then their sacrifice was considered invalid. It was actually expected that mothers would dance and sing while this was being done. In addition to all of that, the sexual perversions of this culture are just too graphic to give details to. It was a very corrupt and very sinful nation. 
a very corrupt and very sinful culture. And those that loved the Lord and belonged to him were in a desperate situation. In this moment, in this moment, in this time of history, the people of God were liberated. They were set free because of the courage and the actions of these two women. Deborah was a prophet and a judge, and she initiated the battle against this enemy. And Jael, in a brutal act of defiance, finished it. You know, sometimes it might feel like we are in a hopeless situation. Sometimes it might feel like trusting God is a risky thing. And sometimes doing what God has called us to do, going against the culture that is sinful, sometimes doing what God has called us to do takes courage. Let the example of Deborah encourage us. Don't focus on the size of the battle. Focus on the size of our God. Don't think that you can't make a difference for the kingdom of God. God is known for using people who are considered to be very unlikely heroes. And sometimes the victory comes in very unexpected ways. We are called to step up and share the faith, to give hope and a light to the lost. We are called to stand against sin, sin in our own life and sin in the culture. We are called to a deeper commitment, a heartfelt devotion to the Lord. But yes, that does require courage. It does require obedience. Deborah's courage came from her faith. Look back again at Judges chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day that the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? In faith, she knew that God was there. In faith, she knew that God was leading this. Because God does not and God has not abandoned his people. God has not abandoned his people, and he does not abandon his people. And through Christ, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of grace, we are his people. And he will not and does not abandon us. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.37 says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8.39 says nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have faith in the goodness of God. Because when we are saved by the grace of God, then God is with us in the battles and the struggles that we will face. He is with us to give us courage to obey even when we have every reason to be terrified. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you. Have courage. Don't let fear hold you back from doing what is right according to God. Step up into the battle and stand against the enemy. Don't let sin or the culture around you take priority. Hold the high ground. Keep the faith. 
Keep trusting God. He has promised to be with you through everything. He is a God of immeasurable grace and unlimited power. And he loves you. That's the whole message of the gospel. Be obedient. Follow the commands of God. Listen to his instructions. Do what he calls us to do. When he says go, go. When he says don't, don't. Deborah had the title and the position. She was a judge. That meant she had the authority to lead. Well, God is the highest judge with the most authority. And someday judgment will come for us. If we are in Christ, our guilt has been taken away. And we will be judged innocent. Not because of what we have done or what we have achieved, but only because we've submitted ourselves to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And his grace has washed over and forgiven our sins. May his grace give you courage. May his grace keep you faithful. May his grace motivate you to obedience. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate this podcast. May the word of God be living and active in your life.